honestly, you have to be tough. And people say that often, and I didn't realize how tough you really needed to be. You really need to be able to direct your own career. You need to know how to listen, but know how to learn at the same time. So one thing that like people don't like a lot of people are starting to notice about me is that I listen more than I talk most of the time. And it's really benefited me in the long run because it's just like, if you're listening, you're picking up on things and you're learning and you're observing how people are moving. So the skills that I gained from listening, that was like the number one thing I gained. Like I learned how to listen and maneuver. Welcome to Freedom Slay Podcast, where fempreneurs, side hustlers, and entrepreneurs come to fast track their success. If you're a millennial girl boss, listen, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the goods, because every week you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your business goals to create a life of time and financial freedom. I'm Ganette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slave podcast. Today, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's a short one and it's with Kaylin Castle, who is an entertainer, a singer, a creative. She has her own brand company, like she's doing a whole lot. And I thought it was important to talk to someone who's truly turned what many people think is like, the impossible, like making it in the entertainment industry. And she's figured out a way to make it possible while being like a TikTok star. Homegirl has almost 2 million people on TikTok and over 20 million likes on TikTok. So she talks a bit about that in this episode. She gets into so much more um, and talks about challenges she's had and what the mindset's required to truly make it, not just in this industry, but in general. So I think you're going to enjoy this and let's dive right in. Hey, hey, welcome to the Freedom Slay podcast, Kaylin. Hey, nice to be here. Excited to have you on. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you, well, actually how your whole singing career began? I think that would be interesting. Yeah, so my career, I've always been singing. Like I started singing in my grandmother's nursery in Bermuda. You know, my grandmother had a nursery and she always wanted me to sing And then from there, I just kept singing. I went to Bermuda Institute, as a lot of people, you know, that are involved in music on island did. And there I met Owen Simons, who was completely instrumental in like, you know, me really learning and just, you know, diving into music completely. Like he took me up under his wing when I was at Bermuda Institute. And like I said, he was completely instrumental I had recorded this little single. Well, it wasn't really a single. It was a cover with Bam Badamosi when I was like maybe 11 or 12. And I don't know how it got passed along. It got to Glenn Blakeney Jr., the cricketer. May he rest in peace. It got to him. and He actually had passed it to his father. And Glenn Blakeney, who owns Hot 107.5, actually put me in the studio for my first time ever. Like... And from there, I could just pretty much say it's been a whirlwind since then. (laughs) Like, he had introduced me to some people from Atlanta when I was about 14 named Divine Stevens and Kelly Griffin. Yeah, after I had finished university in 2016, they had gave me a call and was like, you need to come to Atlanta and rock out with us for a little bit. And And the rest, as they say, is history. (laughs) Yeah, the rest is history. 
Okay, so for those of you listening, because I know like 90% of our audience isn't in Bermuda. So just to give you some back on this, a lot of the names she's mentioning are prominent people in the entertainment industry that are from Bermuda. 107 is a popular radio station. Um, she mentioned a cricketer. Cricketer, Cricket is a main, a really big sport in Bermuda. Um, so yeah, now you're all caught up. So we figured that piece <laughs> out. And you mentioned that you started singing in your granny's nursery. At what age were you at that point? I was like three, like she has videos. Oh, so you were in the nursery yourself, like you were. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the nursery. I was a part of the nursery and she keeps showing me all these videos. And I'm like, because, you know, you don't remember that far back. But I do remember always like her being so instrumental in just me doing music. Because at one point when I had first started singing, my parents were not having it. They're like, she needs to shut up. Like <laughs> she's doing too much. So did you know, like the entire time, like from childhood then, that this is what you wanted to do as a career? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a singer. Like I always knew it. I didn't know how, because it was like you growing up in Bermuda, you don't really see anybody. There was no one that looked like me that did this, you know, like outside of Bermuda. It didn't Mm -hmm. seem like an avenue. I was like, okay, well, I guess. Yeah. Because a lot of people at the time, like they were singing at events, but you never saw them doing something outside of Bermuda singing. Right. Um, and you said you went to school. Were you in school in Atlanta too? When you went I to went college? To in Orlando. I went to university. So Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida, which is like kind of an art school. And But I studied business there. So I went to the school of business. Okay. And you said that someone you had been introduced to, I'm just trying to link all the whole story together. So someone you had been introduced to through in Bermuda introduced you to people in Atlanta. And was that like a record label? Was that just people that were in the industry? Like how did that connection come about exactly? So yeah, I was introduced when I was about 14. Glenn Blakeney had made some friends in Atlanta. His name is Divine Stevens. And he's a mogul, industry mogul in Atlanta. Like you say that name, you say, still to this day, I say Divine's name and people are like, oh my goodness, how do you know Divine? <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. Pieces kind of put themselves together and it was so random. I had literally just graduated college. I was working in marketing and I got a call randomly one day on my US number. I'm like, how did he find my number? randomly got a call and it was divine stevens and he was like i haven't seen you since you were about 14 do you still sing i was like yeah i do he was like i'm gonna bring you to atlanta this weekend and literally from there i went to atlanta awesome and were you singing like in school were you doing like talent shows were you doing little shows and comedy clubs like what were you doing like in your later years like your later teen years that continued allowing you to, I should say, to allow you to continue to develop your talent? When I was in Bermuda, I was connected into a lot of big projects. Like I was a part of the, um, I wrote the jingle for the Bermuda hospital when it was being built, when we were renovating the hospital. So I had done a bunch of projects alongside, like I was working with Bermuda Idol and I was performing at all of those events. And then when I went to college, I kind of just, you know, focused on my studies mostly. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really doing music as much. Like, yeah, I was dibbling and dabbling because it's a school of arts, you know? So you run into a bunch of people and you learn a bunch of things while you're there. But like I said, I was doing business. So my head mm-hmm. was completely in books because it was funny. about to be 
my scholarships. Listen, and it's funny when we start to slowly move away from what we're meant to do, how we always like life always brings us back there. So you're like randomly doing something, working and you got a call like, uh, uh-uh, come on, sis, come back. <laughs> we need you back on this industry side. So I love how that all works. And I know so many people are afraid to pursue their big dreams, right? Especially in the art or entertainment field. So what do you think was the mindset that you needed to do this, to pursue this? Hey, hey, Freedom Slayer, we're going to get right back into the episode, but I wanted to pop in really quickly to talk about your period. I know, I know, it's a topic many people don't like talking about, but if you're a regular here, you likely know by now that I recently found a best period, this period with a T, a period brand changing the game and bringing you less pain and fewer changes. And the first product is a one-of-a-kind dope menstrual cup with you in mind. If higher capacity and quality without the toxic chemicals sounds good to you, head on over to bestperiod.com. And that's period with a T, bestperiod, B-E-S-T-P-E-R-I-O-D-T.com. Type freedom at checkout to get 10% off your order. If there are two things bosses like you care about, it's money and time freedom. Save yourself both. You can save yourself money because it's reusable and it lasts years and save yourself time with up to 12 hours of comfortable leak-free protection, holding up to eight times the capacity of a regular pad or tampon, which means fewer changes for you. And there are so many other pluses. So I would recommend that when you go on to bestperiod.com that you check out the reviews if you want. And remember, when you go to bestperiod.com and type freedom at checkout, you get 10% off your order while supplies last. Okay, I'm going to hop right back into this episode honestly you have to be tough and people say that often and I didn't realize how tough you really needed to be you really need to be able to direct your own career you need to know how to listen but know how to learn at the same time so one thing that like people don't like a lot of people are starting to notice about me is that I listen more than I talk most of the time and it's really benefited me in the long run because it's just like if you're listening, you're picking up on things and you're learning and you're observing how people are moving. So the skills that I gained from listening, that was like the number one thing I gained. Like I learned how to listen and maneuver. Mm -hmm. In the industry itself, you're saying? Yes. Mm. And what about like people who are afraid, like maybe they have a big talent and they want to maybe pursue singing, but they're afraid because they think it's too big of a dream. You know, like, what do you think someone like that needs to hear? Because you're like, I'm going for it. This is what I want to do. I mean, I know I'm great and people's going to see that too, right? And mm-hmm. some people don't have that mindset. So I just wonder, like, what's that disconnect that maybe that thing they need to hear that wakes them up to say, you know what, maybe I can give this a go. The thing that I bank on all the time when it comes to myself, even when I get discouraged, is there's someone out there that did it with less. Mm-hmm. That's in a worse situation that you are than you are that that did it, you know? They made it happen. You have no choice. Like, especially when you have everything riding on it, your back kind of is against the wall. You know, you have to make that jump. Like, the biggest jump for me was my first move, like, when I moved to Atlanta. Me and London on the track were cool. And he was one of the first big producers I ever worked with. I was still working at the time. And he was like, you need to just do it. He was like, you're going to sink or you're going to swim. And I was like, what? And he was like, if you keep swimming, then good for you. But he was like, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. So you kind of just have to risk it all. (laughs) 
And it sounds crazy, but it is a little crazy now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. You have to put it all out there. And it's like an entrepreneurial mindset where it's like, you know what? I'm betting on me, you know, and moving. So you took his advice. You were like, I'm going to throw it all into this, do it full time. And what would you say has been your biggest challenge to date then on the road to making it? My biggest challenge? That's a good question. Because I've had so many challenges along the way. But I don't know what my biggest challenge is. That's a hard one. (laughs) Or anything where it's been a time where you're like, you know what? Is this even worth it? Or you've been like considering maybe going back to the nine to five or, you know, returning back home to Bermuda for good or anything like that. Like, has it been anything that shook you for obviously short term because you're still there, but anything that shook you where you're like, man, this is tough that's such a hard question because I haven't had that moment where I'm like I want to quit I've never had that moment where I feel like any challenge is too big for me to handle Mm -hmm. you know like I've obviously had a crap ton of challenges along the way and I still have challenges I'm still facing things every day but it's like I don't know. I'm just. So what about the smaller challenges then? Like the smaller ones you're saying, you know, you you face oh, like, them. There's been a ton of small challenges. Like sometimes you're doing it and you're not being compensated what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like sometimes you're doing a lot of free work or sometimes, you know, you have to work with people necessarily that you don't really care to work with or want to work with. Or, you know, there's just a bunch mm-hmm. of things that can happen or that have happened along the way, but it's never been a moment where I'm like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I mean, especially because like you're saying, if people aren't paying you on time, or if you have to do some work um, like free, you know, you also think about, I'm also doing this to make a living. So you're trying to figure out a way, I guess, at that point to say, okay, well, how can I increase my earnings so that I can live the lifestyle that I want to live? And it's going to allow me to continue to pursue this goal then. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. How has your career been impacted by COVID? Because I know if you're a performer, you know, there's no longer the clubs open or maybe they are now, right? Atlanta does anything. But it's like, yeah. you know, that was my last, <laughs> Atlanta was my last trip. I went for a mastermind before um, COVID. So I get that, you know, it's probably open back up. But like the clubbing and events aren't there in a big scale like they were before. So have you been impacted by COVID or have you just pivoted easily to something else that allowed you to make the income? So when COVID first hit, I was completely impacted. Like, I was like, oh, my goodness, we planned this big tour. Like, you know, things were positively moving in a good direction for me last year. And I was like, this is going to be my year to do everything that I wanted to do, which was last year. And I was like, I want to tour. I want to perform because that's always been my dream. Mm -hmm. Like. That is my goal to be in front of my like in front of the people that's been supporting me and that kind of grew me to where I'm at, you know, like Mm -hmm. as an artist, you want to be able to see the faces that put you where you are or like, you know, that are helping you continue to grow and build. So COVID, when that hit, I was so pissed off for like two months. I was just so stressed out because I'm like, this tour is not going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. But considering that I had done so much legwork socially already, I honestly made last year wasn't a bad year for me. You were able to lean on like partnerships through your Instagram and TikTok and all of that then? Completely. Like when everything went digital, like even when it came down to doing like digital performances, companies and labels and everybody wanted to book digital performances based off of numbers. 
So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I have numbers. I was like, oh, shoot. I could meet you there. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. Like, look at God. Won't he do it? Like, I thought I wasn't as stressed as I thought I was going to be. I was like, oh, wow, this completely worked out in a completely different direction than I thought I it would have because, you know, COVID took over the world last year. Mm-hmm. So, And I want those of you who are listening to pay attention to why this is the case, right? So Kaylin had done the legwork. She already grew her Instagram. She's already built a following. And more so than that, built an engaged audience that's looking forward to her singing, looking forward to some skit or something else that she has. So because she already had that, she had done the legwork. At this point, when most people would be like, WTF do I do now? She was able to say, okay, well, I have this platform. Let me know figure out a way to utilize this and be able to monetize it and grow it that way. So thinking about how you, wherever you are in your business, I tell you this all the time, never say, you know, this won't work for me. Maybe you're not in the entertainment industry. That's fine. I want you to start thinking about how can these principles and this philosophy work for you, wherever you're doing, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, right? So Mm -hmm. figuring out how you can turn around and say, okay, well, if something were to happen with what I'm currently doing, let's say my mainstream of revenue, then what else do I have to fall back on? If the answer is nothing, man, listen, sis, I need you to start working on some things that are going to help you to create those multiple streams that even if you aren't necessarily pulling on them totally at the moment, you have the ability to do so at a later date. So always thinking about that backup plan, right? And it doesn't mean that you're thinking of a backup plan because you think your plan A is going to fail, but you also want to be a smart business person in the sense that you want to have multiple streams. And even if A stays there, you still have other ways to make income on the side. You always want to be able to separate your your stream. So love to hear that. And I have to ask because you're like the TikTok queen. I want to say last (laughs) I checked, was it like a million? I'm like, this girl's got ams after her name. Hold on, let me go. I'm new to TikTok, right? Let me open up my TikTok because my daughter, I was like, oh, Maya, you have to follow Kayla. And she's like, "Uh, I already follow her. My bad. Like, I'm sorry, sis. (laughs) Let me see. Okay, so I'm on here now. Let's see. Kaylin Castle is what she's under. And that's Kaylin, K-A-E-L-Y-N, Castle with the K as well, K-A-S-T-L-E. Mm-hmm. Kaylin has the blue tick. She's got the blue tick everywhere. Homegirl certified. She's got 1.8 million followers and 20.6 million likes. And I want to say when I remember you starting to share your TikToks, I saw them on Instagram and it was like the skits and the singing and stuff. I'm like, oh, she's dope. So I started following on Instagram and now that I have TikTok, I feel like I know something. But like now that you have, you're just a TikTok queen, right? And I'm getting started. What made you choose TikTok as the main platform? Like, did you see where it was going? And what advice would you have for business owners or, you know, others in an entertainment space? People like me just starting out in like in TikTok, like what advice do you have for us? We'll be back after a quick break. Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. 
Okay, so I chose TikTok because I saw, like, okay, because when it comes to social media, everything is oversaturated. You have to be on to the next big thing. And as someone that counts as a creator slash influencer slash artist, in 2021, you need to be on top of everything. The moment a new app comes out, Everyone in Collab Crib or all the creators that I know were on the app trying to figure it out, trying to figure out the algorithm. We have legit meetings, meetings about studying the algorithm, seeing what works. We have some people post one thing, one person post something else just to study the numbers. Mm-hmm. Everything, even down to demographics. Like I'm a dark skinned woman when I against my light skinned counterparts or white counterparts. We study these algorithms to see what will work, what won't work. So by the end of the day, when it comes down to posting our own pages, we know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. And we know when the algorithm's playing with us or against us. Love Um, it. TikTok mostly because I saw a market for it because TikTok was Musical.ly before. And I Mm -hmm. wanted to be involved on Musical.ly. You know, I was a little lazy because Musical.ly was, what, years ago. Like, I was lazy and I was like, eh, look like everyone under seven and under. I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. But then, well, pre-COVID is when I got on TikTok. I had had a meeting with my manager, Keith Dorsey, and he put all of us in a room and was like, look, TikTok in a year or two is going to blow. And I had already got on it. I was already, like, on it. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time for me to stop posting. I started posting. And because my theory for social media has always been give the people what they want to see. You know, like mm-hmm. you can try new things when it comes to creating your audience. But when you're creating an audience, you have to give them what the numbers show you. You have to keep showing them what the numbers, if the numbers are high in this one specific area, you need to keep feeding them that content in different variations and whatever so I posted my first video it did decent and then my second video was like me singing took off immediately like Mm -hmm. 500,000 views I hit 100,000 in a week on TikTok so what you're telling me then is that I need to learn to sing because (laughs) I wouldn't say sing necessarily but yeah I get you know like even like everyone that I talk to in the house in the creator house that I'm a part of it kind of happened the same for all of us. We was like, okay, well, this was working on Instagram and people like this over there. They moved the content over to TikTok. Next moment, it's, you know, mm-hmm. the viral. Mm-hmm. So for those of you listening to this, I love that she said she was studying the data, right? I say all the time dollars are in the data. So you have to be able to look at what's performing and what's not, right? And utilizing that information and not just looking at the demographics, but also figuring out the psychographics of your audience and looking, you know, wanting to find out why they're there, right? What do they want to see? What's stressing them out today? What's stressing them out this week? What are their ambitions? Like figuring out all these pieces help you to better connect no matter where you are. So love, love, love it. I still get that I need to learn to sing because that's got to happen. But <laughs> yeah, no, I exactly. see. <laughs> Even when it came to like building my Instagram, I studied to build my Instagram. Like I, mm-hmm. like, cause you know, I have a degree in it. I, my background is in digital marketing. So I studied everything. When I first started Instagram, I was just, you know, I hadn't had like 5,000 followers, just the average Bermudian, whatever. I was studying. I studied people like Bundles of Britney. 
I was like, okay, I love her personality. Like I was trying to understand what about her made her videos so viral. I'm like, why is this girl blowing up so much? I studied Tanache, the singer. I'm like, okay, like just, I picked out little aspects of everybody. And then I created my profile Mm -hmm. off of things that I picked, like, you know, things that I knew about myself that I could also sell. I'm like, okay, this person sells this, this person sells this. And now let me see if the audience likes it. And I flopped on a few videos. My first few videos flopped and that's okay. (laughs) Like that is a hundred percent okay that they flopped, you know? I think everyone says like, if you create something and, you know, everything from the very start is like perfect, then you started too late. So having a video that flops is a testament to the fact that you started and you figured it out along the way, which is the best way to build anything. So I love that you mentioned that. And what would you say then are your plans for like the future? I know you said you wanted to tour, like, where do you want to see Kaylin Castle a year from now or five years from now? This is a question I've been getting a lot lately. Like, you'd be surprised how often this question has come up. So I really want to sign a distribution deal for music. So I want to drop an album. I really want to work on my streaming numbers. And then I really want to develop my branding company. So I have a branding company called Castle Brands. I've developed a few brands already through my, you know, just my digital marketing platform and little strategy strategy that I came up with by myself and I've tested it and I honestly just want to continue to develop that company and eventually sign more acts sign mm-hmm. more talent and, and I know it's coming listen I the first time I heard your song um which song was it oh goodness what was the first song I heard I don't even remember which one it was now but anyway the first time I heard you singing I was like, this girl has a voice similar to Rihanna. And I'm sure you heard that already. Yeah. The voice is similar to Rihanna, but it's a different tone, right? It's mm-hmm. similar in the cadence, right? And I'm like, oh, this is dope. Like, she's going to be amazing. So I'm excited for you. I know big things are coming because we're expecting nothing less. And because you study and you get behind the scenes, then I know you're not going to let anything less happen anyway. All of this is going to come to light. I see it and I'm sure you see it. <laughs> One question I love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slay podcast, and that is, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom is happiness. Period. <laughs> I All love I it. I really have to say, like, I live to be happy. So if you can find a happy space, whatever it is, you know, you could be happy working a nine to five. Different things make different people happy. Mm-hmm. Freedom is happiness to me. Love, love, love it. Thank you for hopping on, Kaylin. And I appreciate you. Can't wait to see the growth of Kaylin Castle. Listen, and (laughs) that 1.8 turn into 2.8 and 4.8 million on TikTok because you're doing things, girl. Thank you. I appreciate it. That episode was so good. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you take a screenshot, take Kaylin and I on Instagram. I'm at Gainette. She's at Kaylin Castle. Remember K, Kaylin Castle with the K as well over on Instagram and let us know you enjoyed it. One thing I forgot to even talk to her about, but I knew about it. You may have heard her say the house, the collab, et cetera. She has a collab crib, which is the first black creator house along with her and a bunch of other creators in Atlanta. They've got tons of press in New York Times. They have a CBS interview they're actually doing today. So it's tons of press they've gotten on it. And I thought that might be interesting for you to learn more about as well. 
So I'll put the links below for everything Kaylin's doing as well as to her TikTok and Instagram. And I hope that you find her on Spotify and listen to her music. My personal favorite is called Too Pretty. That song's awesome. We'll chat next time. Adios. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you. 